0: Liberty lockdown, please in your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yes, yeah, on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go? It requires a fight, not tweeting from your phone. Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne. If you right with the thought, you've always got a home. The virus is scared of, will come and it'll go. The government knows this, don't get treated like a hoe. Let's get into the show. Here we go. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Liberty Lockdown. This is Clint and I have a very special guest today. It is Aaron aka Go Fuck yourself Industries from formerly Fagcast resident unhoused person to uh, timeline earth specialist. Welcome aboard, brother. Oh, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um so first off, I I never I mean, the the direction of your show is so confusing and I love it. I mean, it makes it like you feel like you're involved with inside jokes. Is that the intention, or <laughs> are you guys just haphazard with your? We, uh, we
1: want you to be able to smell the crack smoke from from your from your microphone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, so, can you can you give me the the background behind the timeline Earth branding? Because I, I don't I don't know if I'm not in on the joke or if it's uh, I don't know. But well, just tell me about it.
1: Were you in so, charge of that? So a while back, uh, Mr. Carr Campit. In an effort to kind of um, shake up the astronomy world, he um, he saw the two competing schools, which were the Earth is a globe and the Earth is flat. And uh, you know, there's there's those hollow Earth people as well, but I mean, they're they're few and far between. Right. So, uh, Karkamit, being the astronomical genius that he is, came up with uh, no, the Earth is not a globe. No, the Earth is not flat. The Earth is a two-dimensional straight line. <laughs> okay, so I got it. He, and he took that and rolled with it. And then, uh, you know, we uh, we were trying to we knew that we had to rebrand, so we were trying to figure out like, all right, what what can we call it? And I I wanted to make our name even more offensive, <laughs> that, and then that, uh, that sounds
0: stri- on on brand with you.
1: Yeah, and then um, we we all struck a happy medium with timeline earth and I'm happy with it.
0: Yeah. And it was the idea of rebranding, um, like part of not being able to monetize the, the fagcass moniker. moniker.
1: Um, I think it was that. And, you know, if we ever wanted to get somebody from like, you know, the Mises crowd or somebody from the, you know, maybe the non non ID ID poll left, as a guest like we can't really market it as the fad guest you know
0: <laughs> well that's disappointing i, I, I know hope, it is yeah i would I, hope I, that that liberty-minded people would be like i mean it's not even used as a pejorative you guys are it's used playfully so i don't understand why people would have an issue but i, I suppose you're right that you know um, some people have jobs they have to worry about and shit like that yeah <laughs> yep all right
1: and um I, I don't particularly give a fuck if i'm canceled i mean uh, that's I have, that's been quite. I have evident. marketable skills, so <laughs> <laughs> fuck you.
0: <laughs> that's quite evident that you are not concerned with cancel culture. Um, uh, first off, I wanted to compliment you. That that theme song was a banger, and I have no idea why Carr uh, went on, went in on you for it. Um, are, like, what the fuck? That was great. He's a,
1: he's a class enemy. <laughs> I mean, that's that's all there is to it. They're they're incapable of uh, you know. Seeing, seeing working class artwork.
0: <laughs> well, I hope you use it when you do your solo shows. Um, what, what I wanted to get into was the uh, the radicalization path, which obviously you're a fan of, and oh, yeah. I've gone back and forth with you in, you know, in our DMs about it. And I think I understand it, but I think that for a lot of people, it's it's probably confusing or unsettling or scary, which is probably all things that you like. Um, but I think that for for my audience, it'd be good to get your your perspective as to you know what you see coming from it, the reasoning behind it, and you know what 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 we are to do with it, and how that will you know hopefully lead towards greater liberty in our lifetime.
1: So, my strategy of radicalization stems from uh, two main things: uh, the failure of the liberty movement to achieve any meaningful ends, and the opportunity that we have to bring about opportunity. Um, The, this last election um, was going to be uh, even more decisive than, you know, 2016, 2012, 2008. Um, A lot of people feel like it was stolen from them. A lot of people that buy into the electoral system with all of their hearts uh, feel betrayed feel wronged and are inches away from from jumping off the ledge into not buying into this Mm -hmm. and um we need and in in my opinion we need to be the ones that push them off that ledge so to speak
0: yeah no and I, i don't disagree with that i i think that you know whether we push them or not you know millions have done exactly that especially after the election but uh even prior to that with you know the uh the Russian collusion investigation, the impeachment over shit that you know the Biden family was doing. I think that a lot of Trump Trump supporters have been awoken, and I don't use that term in the sense that you know the woke would, um, to the fact that democracy is not their friend. Uh, I see it in my own relatives. I see it in my conservative-leaning family members. They are definitely kind of seeing the writing on the wall. That uh, you know whether you want to call it a communist takeover or whatever uh, you know thesis you have for. How or why this is occurring, or or the fact that you know perhaps this has been going on a lot longer than before Orange Man, um, they they are starting to to awaken to it. Uh, what what does that lead to though? I mean, granted, I, I think that anyone that gives up on hope of political change is a positive because it gives us a chance for kind of the the anarchist counter revolution or solutions that that we would hope for. But what do you see? them doing with it because at this point like my concern with this uh, just to put it bluntly is that i've always believed like when i was in high school i believed that if people were more uh, involved with politics it would help and this past you know four year period has proven me definitively wrong like people being involved in politics when they're idiots is a- a- absolutely a net negative so while while they are you know they're becoming more intelligent in the sense that they identify that democracy is not their friend how can we be sure that that results in anything positive in the long term? Or are you just saying the system's so sick, regardless of what it results in, we should find out?
1: Um, that's the latter is about 50% of what I'm, what I'm thinking. Okay. Um, the greater polarization that we have, um, the more chance there is for decentralization. Right. Because when the institutions that the vast majority of people uh, view as legitimate, um, for right now in, you know, December of 2020, the vast majority of people view institutions that we hate as legitimate and their their view is, well, if we just get the right people in charge, we can we can you know, fix it or make it work for us or some some platitude like that. Right. Um, as libertarians slash anarchists, our job should be no. Um, what can we do? Just within our within our realm, to delegitimize those institutions, to sow discord among the people above us, rather than having them sow discord with the people below them. Mm. Uh, libertarians, especially, and I, I know I'm kind of referring to them in a third party because I, I I tend to agree with Pete Kenyon. As I'm kind of done identifying as that term, um, mm-hmm. it's just put it puts you in a box. And uh, I mean, if, if if you've listened to anything I've said on Timeline Earth, I, <laughs> I, I I I I say a lot of things that maybe don't jive with uh, the NAP and all that. For sure, but, uh,
0: that's that's uh, kind of a new development. But yes, I agree.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I still consider myself like a uh, bottom right type. Um, definitely but, still an anarchist, but I'm an anarchist that knows that the state is probably not going to be abolished or diminished meaningful and meaningfully in my lifetime. Um, I'm not trying to get people on board with that. Like that's just my personal opinion.
0: That's, that's interesting. What, why do you think, I mean, if, if we're seeing kind of the degradation of society in such a rapid pace over the past, you know, just 10 months because of the lockdowns, why, why is it that you think that the system is sustainable? I mean, Um, I wouldn't say
1: this system, I, I, I wouldn't put it past, this system to undergo some radical transformation or change or even collapse. But, um, I am I'm talking more like theoretically, like the state.
0: I gotcha. Okay. So you, you see perhaps like, um, you know, USSR falls, but then you have the Russian government.
1: Yeah. Then the oligarchs replace it in the power vacuum. And I I don't like that. I don't promote that. I'm just, that's just how I feel it's going to go.
0: Yeah. Well, I think you're right. I, I honestly think that that's what we're witnessing. Where, um, you know, they're they're offering us crumbs while they feast on on the corpse of the American public. Uh, does, yep. Is that is that the vibe you get?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, this whole six hundred dollars stimulus bill that that that's a blatant slap in the face right there. If you didn't know that these people don't give a fuck about you, and regardless of how you feel about the economics behind it, like I yes, I know like central bankers are bad. I know that. <laughs> The legislature's bad. But one thing I've learned when 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 I've been reading, you know, leftist literature, especially far left communist literature, mm-hmm. is that people really only give a fuck about material conditions. If you and I get a check for six hundred dollars and that transforms into food or whatever, then whatever. That's materially we're better off. Mm-hmm. You know, the economics behind it, yeah. I the Misesian in me knows that it's not sustainable, that I should be like transforming that into bitcoin but maybe i will i don't know
0: (laughs) that that are more guns yeah it's (laughs) it it, it really is deeply um i mean not even disheartening it's it's infuriating like i i don't think i've ever and you know i've been just so you know a little bit of my background i've been a libertarian since the 90s um so i'm i'm like long long term deep in this game and i i considered myself a pretty radical ANCAP prior to 2020. And past March, I don't I don't even know what you describe me as. Like I am I am so radicalized by what I've witnessed over the past ten months that I'm like I'm I'm borderline a revolutionary. You know, like yeah. I like I, I really I really feel like um you know my my instinct this morning hearing about the six hundred dollar bill likely being passed this evening was I can't tweet anything like I couldn't I couldn't put into words anything that wouldn't have gotten me suspended because it was all calls for violence you know and like yeah and that's such a weird feeling for me because I'm a I'm a really peaceful person um but when it comes to you know and and actually this is a good tie-in because you talked about how you haven't been classifying yourself as a libertarian and and Pete as well largely because you guys don't necessarily uh, agree with the NAP anymore, or, or in some ways you don't. I, I I have always viewed the NAP as as kind of applicable even in this environment, simply because we are clearly being aggressed upon. It, am I am I reading too You're deeply? You're
1: absolutely this? right. That's that's why um, me Pete and a few other people are like, you know, if this is an aggression, I don't know what is. That doesn't mean like you exactly. have to go out and shoot up a Walmart, but. No. Yeah. I mean, when when the opportunity comes for organization, um, you know, like and you know, your your listeners might not like to hear it, but if there's an antifa rally and they're all Molotov and cop cars, fucking go go get your balaclava on, throw one at a fucking bank. <laughs> in in Minecraft. In Minecraft. <laughs> but yep. like that's 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 what we have like I'm I'm done. I'm done limiting myself to only expressing affinity with the lower right. I'm looking at other other schools of radicalism, what what they accomplished, what worked, what didn't, mm-hmm. and just general ideas, general constructs that maybe we can apply. Right. And and you know, I've like like I said, I I've met quite a few Marxist-Leninists, talked to them, had full-on conversations with them, and we can agree with about 90% of things in the here and now. When mm-hmm. you start delving into theory then that's where it has the potential to get you know adversarial yeah
0: that, but, um, that's very that's very true and and when i speak to these people it it's kind of like i mean it's kind of like how i used to think about democrats and republicans it was like ah oh, you guys agree on the majority of shit you know you just don't agree on on how to make it happen it, honestly i see a lot of the the same uh, similarities between you know lower left and and uh, and comms and and caps in that We identify all the same problems. Our our solutions uh, are are really radically different. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like
1: our prescriptions to the problems are different, and our solutions are radically different.
0: Right, but Uh, but but I still have I still can like I can find some level of kinship just with the fact that like thank God they actually identify the issues. You know, like mm -hmm. that's that's part of the the process. Like we need more people to understand the problems and the issues that we're up against, and. And if, you know, even if their solutions are fucking moronic long term, I think that they're still ahead of like your average conservative, you know, like because that they that we don't can... buy in. Right.
1: They don't buy into this system. Once you kick them over the ledge and they no longer buy in, just leave them alone and they'll radicalize on their own. They'll end up becoming libertarians or they'll end up becoming Marxists or something, but they're not going to vote or oh. at least they're not going to vote earnestly.
0: Right, so so are you? You're one of the the strongly against voting, ANCAP types.
1: Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't say I'm strongly against voting, or and I and I definitely wouldn't say I'm an ANCAP
0: <laughs> Oh oh you oh you wouldn't. So how how <laughs> would you describe yourself at this point?
1: Um, I guess I'm a
0: right wing revolutionary.
1: <laughs> no, like uh, I guess a, colla- a all inclusive collapsitarian. <laughs> um, uh, That's very cool a uh fucking cross-spectrum accelerationist i don't know
0: <laughs> well i i think that um I'm, I'm getting more and more in your camp honest to god like you your input both on twitter and on uh, timeline earth or formerly fedcast has been uh very eye-opening for me particularly because i've just never heard uh your stance, you know, like it's, it's just, it's, it is kind of a new outlook on things. And uh, I want to give you credit for that because it's not often I run into new thinkers in the Liberty community. Um, So it it has really, it has really helped kind of guide my outlook on things. And as I've said, you know, 2020 has been extraordinarily rough on me. um, Just like mentally, emotionally, because, because while I realized that, you know, we weren't free prior to 2020, I'm not an idiot. But at the same time, myself and you know i I wouldn't even say I was blue pilled. I was still pretty red I was still extremely red pilled compared to the average person. But my God, like after twenty twenty, I don't know how you have anyone that believes that this system works for us or is even salvageable and that that's like the biggest thing that i i I'm trying to add to my audience's you know outlook is that I don't think this is salvageable, and before I used to think that like you know, it's a one in a million shot, but we could get Ron Paul in there, you know, like yeah, yeah. I was I was call, call it childlike uh, optimism. But I really did think that the system, as sick as it was, if it got sick enough, perhaps people would wake up and be like, OK, let's try some of these crazy libertarian ideas out. Uh, at this point, I don't think that, you know, after witnessing the Trump presidency, it's pretty obvious that an outsider um, can be destroyed no matter what. So why do people still hold on to hope, do you think?
1: um because i mean take 12 years minimum in the public school system you're taught civics you're taught you know your every voice matters um there are no losers you're taught all these you know you're propagandized basically right into um into fitting nicely into this system and not you got to go through a lot of deprogramming in order to even consider skepticism of it um I'll give you an example. My, my girlfriend who I love very much. Um, she's, <laughs> she's a nurse. She's um, you know, voted Democrat all of her, all her life voted Democrat this election um, big into masks. And um, you yeah. know, I, I employed my strategy on her, like just over the course of time, you know, every time she talks like, Oh, my friend went out to a restaurant and they didn't wear masks and now they have COVID. Well, she has stories like that. And then it's become, well, my friend went to a bar and uh got everybody like everybody in the bar at the vfw a lot of old people got infected and you know what i'm glad i hope they die (laughs) and i'm like nah, my work's done (laughs) because she she was saying that that wasn't you no that wasn't me wow that was her
0: and And, um what did you do to get her to to have that change of perspective
1: i just said there you are powerless to stop them you have Ah. no say in their life whatsoever you have no power you can pass laws you can vote um you can't you can't install cameras in people's houses and fucking i mean not yet but
0: you know oh, you yeah. can't
1: you can't you can't engineer society the way you want them to be
0: yeah well i think that that's that's kind of the the hardest uh learning curve i've had is that because I, you know i i obviously i was still blue pilled to some extent in the sense that i thought that the system potentially one in a million chance could be saved um, yeah after this year and after Trump's presidency, I look around and I'm just like, man, they can, you know, as I forget which uh, politician it was, I think it was Schumer that said, you know, you don't want to go against the CIA, they can come at you six weeks or six ways from Sunday. It's like, yeah, that motherfucker was telling the truth. Like, mm-hmm. and if you if you look at, at Trump's presidency, and you look at all of the investigations, um, and you juxtapose it with Biden's uh, criminal behavior. And how it gets swept under the rug not, not even that, but it's also censored to even discuss It's like, mm-hmm. whereas every single story about Trump No matter how unfounded and um, unsighted the sources were it was, it was delivered as fact And there was no censorship whatsoever It's just like, I, I, my hope is that the conservatives will have I mean, I don't know how you can't notice it But I hope that they've noticed it And they can never, you know, they can never turn back from that. Like you have, you have to take away from that a sense of, you know, I don't necessarily want to break their spirit, but I do want to break their spirit when it comes to fixing this system. Like you, you have to know that you gave it your best shot. Trump couldn't do fucking anything different, and there's a reason
1: for that. And you're not going to get past that reason, you know. You have to take that stopgap from what is the most amount of force I'm willing to apply Mm -hmm. and for conservatives it's voting, it's tweeting, it's posting on Facebook. Um, after this election is a perfect opportunity to push that stop gap a little further. All right. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, you see all, you you know, you saw the unite the right rally. You saw like, you know, the proud boys, those are like further along than Mm -hmm. conservatives. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it would be a very good thing if, you know, that, that recent March on Washington, DC, I've, I know they want to market it as like, Oh, it was far right, like proud boy types. Um, but I'm, I'm a hundred percent sure that it was mostly rank and file conservatives. So yep. taking to the streets in peaceful protest, that's, that's a step in the right direction. And I'm seeing a lot of things on Twitter from, you know, national review type people um you know basically advocating you know maybe voting doesn't work you Mm -hmm. know not not saying it directly but like uh somebody said like oh 70 million trump 70 million pissed off trump supporters and not one burned down city and uh the replies to that were largely from conservatives from conservatarians libertarians being yeah. like, no, oh, well, maybe that's the problem, and just that entering the Overton window is a win.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I think I think that's the biggest thing I've been trying to do with my show, and I've noticed noticed that seemed to be your tactic as well. Is that you're trying to shift the Overton window away from you know political means to fixing what ails us to mm-hmm. you know more revolutionary means, and um, I think that that's kind of been my progress as well. I I, I really do think that that ultimately it's going to take. Um, violence. And I, I, I hate to say that because I am, as I've said a hundred times, I'm a very peaceful person and I have no interest in violence.
1: I I am too. Like I, I don't personally advocate violence. I mean, I can't remember the last time I got into a physical altercation sometime in the Navy, probably. Sure. Um, but you know, what, what other, what other choices there you have agorism and I think agorism is, you know, number one, strategy to achieve freedom um but if you want to achieve cultural freedom it's going to take you know more than you know reading fucking new libertarian manifesto or agorist class theory and talking about it on twitter to do that and you know 3d uh 3d printing firearms um fuck even like dealing drugs i mean that's that's how you fucking achieve freedom on a personal level
0: yeah, well, and and not just for the financial reasons. I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. also about um, starving the state. You know, you mm-hmm. take the the tax revenue if you're doing stuff black market. Um, ultimately, you have to jeopardize your freedom uh, to do these things. So it's not it's not without yeah. risk. But um, I, I want to circle back real quick to the to the non-aggression principle and and you know, kind of disabusing yourselves of that notion. You and Pete, given that you know, just in a minor pushback that I had on it you said that we are being aggressed upon. So, it, And I, I agree. I mean, that's obviously my thesis is that we are being aggressed upon in ways that I've never imagined in my life possible. And it's happening, you know, for 10 months straight, it's happening. Um, is that is that actually getting rid of the NAP? Because it seems to me that it's just applying it.
1: It's such a uh, radical interpretation of it um, that... If you were to introduce that concept to, I think, a lot of um, big L libertarians, um, the idea that, listen, you are literally the only quadrant on the spectrum that will not initiate force. Mm. And that right there is a losing strategy Um, Mm -hmm. to be constantly reacting to propaganda, to be constantly on the defensive from from inside opportunism as the libertarian party is right now. Mm-hmm. And as I'm hoping, um, you'll see kind of shift shift in uh, fortune soon, but, um, yeah, like that's not a sustainable interpretation of aggression.
0: Okay. Um, well, the, the reason, the reason I ask is cause like, I, I would use the the metaphor of like, is it, is it actually, initiating force if you kill your slave master you know like if you're being treated as a slave and you kill your slave master is that
1: initiating force what do you i, would, I mean i would say no absolutely not you are okay. bringing about the natural order which is freedom
0: right so that that's kind of my point with it and i guess i guess you're right that i'm probably taking a very radical stance on the nap but I don't, I guess, or maybe I'm just trying, you know, I'm holding on to my libertarian roots of trying to stay uh, ideologically pure and, uh, you know, (laughs) logically consistent. But I I genuinely believe that I'm being treated as a slave. Like, I I live in San Diego. I was told I couldn't go to the beach. I had cops approach me while I was playing beach volleyball. And, like, my immediate instinct to that was to fight them. You know, like they're fucking with my life and they're fucking with my freedom. And it's like any other like here's the thing about the nap. It's like if a stranger were to come up to me and threaten to take a couple hundred bucks of mine because I'm playing beach volleyball, I'd be like, we're fighting. You know, so like am I initiating force? No, they came to me to fuck with me to take my money because I was doing something that, you know, some cunt in Sacramento decided was illegal 10 minutes ago. Uh, To me, that means that I'm not initiating force. I am acting in self-defense, in fact. You need to look at
1: every interaction with the state as a value proposition. Mm. If I apply force and resistance, is it worth the the potential consequences? And until until there's more people like us than there is of them Mm -hmm. that are starting to ponder this and starting to shift that value proposition, then unfortunately, with you know, how spread out we are, how, how, um, I don't know, isolated we are ideologically. Um, you know, we can't really, we can't really make that jump from, yes, it is worth it. Right. Um, that's why that also ties into my radicalization, uh, my radicalization strategy, Mm -hmm. because if you were to ask me, is it okay to, you know, apply force against your slave master? Um, if if I were if I were a communist or if I were a fascist or if I were uh, left anarchist I would say absolutely libertarians are the only fringe ideology that has a hang up with well I don't really want to initiate violence um, and going back to what I said earlier that's that is not a sustainable strategy which is why I am reaching out to other you know outspoken people of Of my caliber, which is to say plebs um, <laughs> you know, just about like you know what they think
0: yeah, yeah, and I, I guess that that's kind of my whole mission in, in this past year has been to you know just get to get people to think more about about what aggression we're actually experiencing it's mm-hmm. like I don't even feel like we have to dismiss the nap as long as you actually can understand that you're being aggressed upon in a way that is extremely criminal in nature and yeah and I I just like I don't want to I don't want to radicalize people to the point of like going out and just killing randomly at all yeah, no. you know like it, nope. it should be focused it should be directed at your at your actual aggressor um, but it's pretty easy to identify who your who your aggressor has become and and has been I mean for a long time but has been very easily identifiable over the past 10 months so I just I just don't I don't get the libertarian perspective if if they are to say that we shouldn't use violence against the government in this scenario. It's like if that's the case then you don't believe that revolution is ever justified. And like yeah. clearly you're huge fans of our founding fathers. You fucking I mean not you, I'm saying them um oh, are yeah. huge huge fans of, of the founding fathers and the revolution. So like I mean, do you think that that was wrong? Okay. I mean, the, to me, the answer is so clearly that they were morally justified to do what they did and, and also not even in violation of the net. Um, but I guess, that's, I guess that is a radical take. So I'll, I'll, uh, I'll think about that a little bit further.
1: Well, I mean, you have a choice between reform and revolution. How many years are you willing to waste on reform mm-hmm. when every gain that you make is either undid or co-opted? To look nothing like your intended Reform right so What does that leave us um, That leaves us, us
0: That leaves us in our houses for 10 months Yeah and
1: <laughs> while you're In your house start You know like you said start reaching out To other people start getting organized Start propagandizing mm-hmm. And um, you know get Cut out this you know not, not you specifically but You know when I go on libertarian Facebook which is you know I think is a bigger shithole than libertarian Twitter.
0: I would imagine. Um, I haven't been on Facebook in like six years, so I don't even. Yeah, know,
1: it's it's like you won't find anything more radical than like you know Richard Nixon. <laughs> um, and I'm just I I literally just started um, posting on the Libertarian Party Mises Caucus. Um, I've only done one post so far, and I was like, hey, listen, there are hundreds of smaller libertarian podcasts within the Liberty movement that would be more than happy to be a mouthpiece for propaganda against progressivism. I, I didn't link to my podcast. I didn't link anybody's podcast. I didn't tell them, I didn't tell them it was me from timeline earth. I just want to plant that idea seed. I want to throw it out to you and throw it out to um, you know, whoever else, that Mm -hmm. has me on or i have on i mean because unfortunately party politics is a good vector for radicalization Mm -hmm. and the libertarian party Mises caucus is in a fight like a a fight to the death with you know the libertarian socialists the the moderates the the identity politics bourgeois progressive types that Mm -hmm. have you know, basically made the Libertarian Party as meaningless as it as it was since, you know, since I was born.
0: Yes. Yes. they Um,
1: Like, so I'm looking at ways to help them spread their message and more, more so ways to uh, put put our our mutual enemies, which is progressivism on its heels, at least in the context of the Libertarian Party. If we can apply whatever strategies we want, use that as a sandbox for, for strategies and see what works, see what doesn't. I mean, I that's that's another idea that I'm kind of toying around with that I haven't mm-hmm. mentioned to Pete or anybody else.
0: Well, I, I, I like it. Um, I, I think that like, I mean, the LP is so clearly a disaster at this point. I, I can't understand how anyone that's involved in this movement wouldn't be looking at, you know, the fundamental makeup of the party and considering really radical ideas now, you know, it's like, yeah, we tried all the fucking milk toast garbage and, and it hasn't gotten us anywhere, you know, like, yeah. like the most revolutionary guy we've had run for the LP was probably Ron Paul. And he was the only one that actually changed hearts and minds. He actually created, you know, millions of new libertarians, um, you know, Gary Johnson and fucking Joe. Are not converting anyone's, you know, that, that isn't already a libertarian, as far as I can tell. Um, so I just don't understand how they can still look at your outlook and and find anything wrong with it. It's like, it's like we we clearly it, The way I feel about it is like anyone that's still riding with the LP as it stands, not the Mises Caucus, which is a separate entity, which I actually do uh, find a lot of affinity for, but the LP as a whole. It seems to me that you're the type of libertarian That is still extraordinarily blue-pilled You haven't actually identified The the threats to your liberty That are occurring as we fucking talk Hey right
1: man, now. I'm socially liberal And fiscally conservative
0: Yeah, I just want to throw those people off a cliff No, and, and it's funny because I used to try and sell Libertarianism in that way To normies because I was trying mm-hmm. to come off As a fucking sane person Even though I was crazy And, and the truth is like people people are in this environment people will actually gravitate to crazy because like this is crazy like what we're living through is yeah. crazy you shouldn't you shouldn't pretend to be not a radical like you're everyone's been locked in their house for 10 months and you're one of the few people that's you know not wearing a mask and wants to fucking live freely like you are a radical so stop pretending that you're not acknowledge that everyone else is also a radical because they think that you're fucking crazy and like you have to You have to be honest with people about Actually how you feel I think that's the hardest part For libertarians is like there's still this This desire to fit in and be Accepted by um, The system by fucking media Whatever and it's like it's like look folks Look at Joe Rogan like you don't Need to fit in to stand out like You're I mean he's not even a radical But I'm just saying you don't have to Fit in anymore this is not like they're They're operating under like 1992 um, protocols where it's like yeah. you if you can't get on NBC you don't stand a chance that's nonsense like you can do all of this through grassroots if you are just capable of telling the truth in a way that's compelling enough that you actually convert people and and i just i wish that people would understand that and and embrace it utilize it stop stop watering down your ideology you are a radical you know yeah
1: except and and if you do have to get on Nbc i mean there's Things you can do while you're on NBC to get the message out as well in such a way that is going to catch attention from other disaffected people. The whole point, the whole approach of the LP has been, oh, we're going to siphon off like disaffected Democrats, disaffected Republicans, regardless of like their core values, regardless of their compatibility, because it's a numbers game. And if we can just get 5% of the vote, then we win. It's so stupid. I mean, forget forget fucking national elections, local sure. forget national elections you are a platform for propaganda
0: yes yes like
1: that's it and if you can get on the debate stage your only your only goal is to make the other two idiots look like fucking hitler and fucking stalin yep and and not in a good way yeah
0: (laughs) is that why you hate knitters so much (laughs) yeah
1: yeah i'm I'm a crochet guy myself
0: Dude, I'm telling you that that joke that joke was so quick-witted and it just absolutely crushed me. Oh my god, I felt. Yeah. I, felt I can't. Like,
1: I can't wait till the first time somebody fucking hears that. It's like fucking white supremacist. You know what? <laughs> I I hope you think I'm that. I hope you think I'm worse. <laughs> <laughs> it was a,
0: It was such a great joke. If they if they can't see the humor in it, then they're idiots. If they think there's any like actual racism to it, uh, it, it was funny. Like. Car, car definitely seemed like he was blushing at it. <laughs> yeah. so. Is is car <laughs> no. is car is Carr more of a blue pilled libertank?
1: Like, is he still no, kind of? No, he's not. Okay. No, he like get him off air and he'll, he'll fucking he he'll loosen he, up. He doesn't really like yeah he'll loosen up, but he doesn't really say anything crazy. But he'll like you know agree with like me or bird saying crazy shit. Right, right, right. And, like he'll he'll go right along with. it. He kind of like feeds us, <laughs> and <laughs> encourages our fucking antics.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's the one thing that I, I really like about the Liberty Liberty community is like we're fucking like we're not playing by the rules. Like that's no. that's what Liberty's about, and and I, I feel like that's been lost a little bit, especially over the Jorgensen campaign. It was like it was like people are trying to play by the rules, and and to your point about the LP being a, a you know its primary job is as a propaganda mouthpiece. It's like why in God's name would they not have used the opportunity to come out firmly and staunchly? You know still utilizing legitimate libertarian values to come out right away against the lockdowns and mask mandates two things that any libertarian worth fucking anything would automatically agree with and neither party was saying that so you could have stood out without saying anything that you didn't believe in and it would have gotten you press like that would have been such an like. If, I mean if I was in charge of the campaign that's all I would have been saying is like guys. We have a way to differentiate ourselves and fire up our base. This is a hundred percent winning scenario. Am I wrong? Like what who the fuck is in charge of the LP campaign that didn't see that as the the greatest opportunity? Maybe in the history of my life for the Libertarian Party, we were all locked in our houses and forced to wear masks when we go outside and not go to the gym or anything else. All the small businesses were closed. Like this is a libertarian, like fever dream of an opportunity. How did they how did they blow it? What the fuck?
1: Well, as as with anything in life, uh, they're not miserable enough. <laughs> the party leadership just isn't quite miserable enough to want to make a change. Yeah. So when they need to be made miserable, in order to, you know, change their tack. So not this election, maybe next election.
0: See that that's the thing. If you're if you are doing okay financially in this environment, like I'm doing okay financially in this environment, but I'm fucking miserable. Like I don't understand how how anyone who's actually a libertarian, and I know we always get into arguments about who and who is and who isn't, but if you're actually a libertarian who values freedom over everything, how could you not be miserable in this environment? Like all of your fucking freedom has been taken away, other than the fact that like you're not actually in prison, you're not actually dead. But beyond that, I don't know how it's gonna get much worse. I mean, I, I'm sure it can and it might in twenty twenty one and thereafter. Um Anyways, uh, it's just it's just bizarre to me that anyone that's like actually involved in the party would uh, would not feel enough pain to say some radical shit in this environment. Um, but that's kind of side. Yeah. Point.
1: Well, uh, now you have um, I, I, I don't know how real it is, but you have a, a splinter faction of the Republican Party calling themselves like the Patriot Party or something. A bunch of disaffected Trump supporters, I imagine. I haven't I haven't really looked into it. I just saw like a couple things on the timeline. But um, I mean. That right there should be a good clue into uh you know what could potentially happen to both Republicans and Democrats because you have a lot of pissed off people for wildly different reasons on both sides of the uh you know, the normie, moderate, right and left.
0: Yeah. So and, and, and the other thing that's that's been mystifying to me is why the LP isn't coming out strongly in favor of auditing election results. Like we should, be, we should be doubling down on the fact that like, If there's one party that's been fucking shafted repeatedly By different debate rules and election rules And all this other shit It would be the LP And yet, and yet you have the sitting president of the United States of America Declaring loudly that this election was a fraud And they are quiet They are silent That's,
1: that's the progressive cancer that's Inside fucking, that party that, that needs to be cut crazy, out That is crazy bro That is crazy to me Like, it's, What an opportunity it's like muscle reaction to disagree with Trump. Even he could say the sky is blue, and it's just muscle reaction, muscle yeah. memory to disagree with him. And that's that's progressivism within within the Libertarian Party that needs to be cut out. And I wish the LPMC all all the best yeah. and whatever I can do to help. I'm I'm not going to be a dues paying member because I'm not I'm not giving any money whatsoever to any of those like other people. Right. But um, you know whatever I can do on the on the periphery and i i, I hope whatever we all can do yes. in the liberty community to help them out because like i said uh you know one thing i learned reading lenin is that you know political parties exist to spread class consciousness and you know what what like,
0: what would be our class
1: that's that's what i'm trying to figure out how do i come up with a coherent class theory that puts you know woke woke capitalist bourgeois progressives in one class and then you know uh right-wing populists that we don't really get along with in another and you know still have like you know it's it's something i've been rolling around in my head i i know it exists i just don't know how to define it yet i'm i'm just not that smart (laughs) (laughs) sorry guys
0: (laughs) well you know, from my from my vantage point, it seems as if our class is those that value freedom. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that's a class, but uh, it should be. <laughs> you know. Well, I used to that- I used to think that we had, you know, probably 150, 175 million people in this country that would actually fight for their freedoms. I mm-hmm. way overestimated that. Like I yeah. think we might have two million people, you know? Uh, yeah. it's wild. E- Evan Freshwater on, on Twitter, he and I go back you know, back and forth a lot because he's. It may be more radical than me. Um, he always talks about consolidation, and and he he thinks that we have to basically come together, you know, geographically to to make this happen. His his idea has always been Alaska. I'm like, you know, born and raised San Diego. I'm like, dude, I can't possibly consider Alaska. I,
1: I lived in San Diego for nine years, and I, you know, if it weren't for the cost of living and just the like some of the culture around there, i i I'd, I'd still be there. Oh, were you at Pendleton? No, I was at uh Naval Base San Diego. Oh,
0: nice. Yeah, I'm I'm building uh six houses in National City right now. So right right down I live there. there. <laughs> yeah I had, yeah.
1: A, I had a shithole apartment in National City for a while.
0: <laughs> well I'm I'm building houses right right behind the Miley cars. So God willing, uh the Fed nonsense uh money printer go burr action gets me rich and then I get yep. the fuck out of here. But <laughs> yeah. Uh where'd you move to or is that top secret? I don't so
1: even... uh, no, I'm I'm originally from Massachusetts. So when I when I joined they stationed you know, after boot camp, I went to school in San Diego, got stationed on a ship that was homeported out of there, and then uh, spent five years on that ship um, out of Naval Base, San Diego, and then uh, went and taught classes at Fleet Anti-Submarine Warfare Training Center, which oh, wow. is down the street from Naval Base, San Diego.
0: How, how in God's name do people like you survive in the military? Like, Was your oh, mentality it, a lot different? It's a game.
1: Yeah. It's a game. It's a game and you got to play it. And I, I was, you know, I made rank pretty quick. I, uh, you know, I was well-liked, you know, at every command I was in always got put in for like, you know, um, awards and like, you know, went up and stood boards where they ask you questions about like, you know, Naval heritage and like uh, Naval instruction and all that. Cause you know i was presentable i was you know could could believe it or not i could talk eloquently <laughs> um <laughs> i used to but i it was it was a game like the game was you know do what you're told and fucking you know pretend to care
0: yeah are you are you familiar and- with the Body and the bullet guys
1: oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah
0: yeah so it's like uh, that's that's the thing that it always blows my mind is like i obviously i understand why a lot of military vets come out and they become libertarian because they've experienced war firsthand. They've, it, it really uh, disabuses them of the heroic notions that they enlisted for. Um, is, is that similar to your arc or, or, you know, did you go in more liberty minded and come out a radical?
1: I went in like more on the conservative side of conservatarian. Okay. Um, and then I witnessed, you know, the, the part of war that, the, the vast majority of veterans witness is the financial part, just the wheelbarrows of money that mm. get burned. Right. Um, the waste, the fucking, the, the whole, the military industrial complex, like that's, I was neck deep in that, you know, uh, working for, you know, Lockheed Martin, fucking yep. Raytheon, you know, like just on, like very tangential roles, like systems testing and all that. But I I'd be in meetings where they'd be discussing like, you know, dollar amounts for some of that shit would come up and like even just like you know normal ship life seeing the amount of money that gets swirled around and it 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 broke my mind like the amount of waste and also the foreign policy aspect like i i did an 11 month deployment and like i can't really account for anything that we did that has anything to do with national defense
0: Hmm. Yeah. As, well, as I, I understand it. Yeah, no, that, that definitely seems to be uh, <coughs> our, our, our track record is that not not much of what we actually do is for our defense. And um, I that I, do you think that we have any hope of I mean, obviously, the, the conservative movement has become increasingly anti-war, which is unbelievable and tremendous. Yeah. And probably the you know, the greatest white pill that I've seen over the past decade um, or five years has been conservatives, you know, Actually coming out vocally, including their politicians uh, for ending wars, it doesn 't mean that any of the wars are ending, so yeah. uh, once again, it demonstrates definitively we have no fucking power over what actually oh. transpires, um, but it's great it 's great that at least they're giving it lip service uh, simultaneously though the left is completely you know, they're they're electing warmongers mongers so yeah. um, i don't know i don 't know if I take hope from that long term or not, uh, but anyways, uh, I wanted to ask you uh, the the LP Mises caucus civil war, that's transpiring. Uh, Dave Smith keeps talking big game about, you know, the takeover. Uh, I know you're, you're good friends with Pete. Can you, can you break any news on my show? I've, I've heard a lot of rumors that Dave is planning to run as the candidate for the libertarian presidential nominee. Is that, is that anything you've heard?
1: I I haven't heard anything official about it. Um, I mean, I'm, like like you, I see things in the timeline, and I'm like, hmm, right. Like, I wonder what's going on there. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if he's going to be like more of a supporting role, or if he's going to be like, you know, the guy. I, either way, I I I'm I'd fucking back that shit.
0: <laughs> oh, dude, me too. I, it would be hundred percent such a thrill. Like, all I've been asking for is and I know Eric July would never do it because he's you know a, a real anarchist, but um, you know a, a young firebrand that can actually. That, that has an audience already That has the capacity to get on You know, big media like like Rogan um, That's that's the game now it's not, it's not Carson, it's not fucking getting on NBC It's not MSNBC, it's not Fox News It's fucking getting on Rogan Can you do that? Dave Smith yeah. can do that Like, yeah. definitively, he will be on there multiple times If he runs, and that alone uh, On top of the fact that he's You know, a fiery orator He's already grown an audience He already has a passionate fan base I just think that, like that's our best hope of actually, you know, if you want to talk about getting 5%, which I could give a fuck less about, but if you actually care about that, Dave Smith's your guy. Like we're going to get 5% if Dave goes. So I hope it's true. I hope it happens. We'll see.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, just the fact that like, he's talking about shifting the goals away from like, you know, election specific contexts. Exactly. Like that's, that's amazing to me. Like that's what needed to happen fucking forever ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that That would be amazing. Yeah. And like, you know, I, I hope that they purge. I would rather see a Libertarian Party with like 10,000 members that were all like legit street cred radicals right? than, you know, a 10 million member Libertarian Party that's filled with a bunch of fucking, you know, Green Party rejects and like fucking Republicans.
0: Yeah. No, I, I had uh, Kurt the Libertarian on and I'm a big fan of his, but he's still blue pilled in the sense that he believes that like election, you know, Stuff can save us. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, brother, it, it's not about growing the LP. I'm sorry. Like that ship is sailed. I, I really believe that ship is sailed. I'm not sure the ship was ever here in the first place. It may have fucking sailed before I was born. Um, mm-hmm. but the truth of the matter is, like, we need to radicalize people, you know, like yeah. it, like actual people on the ground that will fight and die for their freedom. Like, I don't want them to have to fight and die for their freedom. But if we don't have a few million that are willing, then that's that's the way we go. So like fucking get serious about this guys. Like this is, this is not, this is not a hypothetical. This is not a thought experiment. This is not like a game anymore. Like, yeah, it's need to
1: fundamentally rethink what the role of a political party is. Yes. Is it, is it to win elections and then like, you know, repeal laws or whatever, or is it to spread, spread a message, spread consciousness Yeah. and, Seize and consolidate power from your enemies. Not create new locuses of power, but take the ones that actually exist and either dismantle them from the inside, or hold on to them. Don't do anything with them, and just keep them so that other people can't get it.
0: Right. Yeah, it seems to me that that our best hope is, you know there is such a, a increasing secession, you know conversation that's that's occurring uh, not just in our you know realm, which is fairly common. But also amongst, you know, Trump supporters and yep. and even the Democrats who, you know, want nothing to do with Trump supporters. They would like to fucking see these people gone. Um, do you think that's that there will be an opportunity for that? Kind of the USSR scenario once again where we have a, a breakup into, you know like a
1: balkanization all... type deal? Exactly. Um, I think as long as progressivism has its claws in all these institutions that that we need for secession then that won't happen because you know progressives follow a a uh you know a a fucking i want to say a creation myth or a world myth Mm. that you know this is our our desk like our destiny is to utilize the state to achieve perfection and you can't do that if like just you know you're not going to do that with secession so secession is completely out of their minds because no matter like they they might hate trump supporters but goddamn, they are they are going to pay their fucking taxes. And, yeah. you know, they're going to have kids. They're going to have grandkids. And those kids and grandkids are not going to be Trump supporters.
0: Well, and and that's the real sickness of progressivism on top of what you just said is also that they, they are interested in controlling people that don't agree with them. Like that that's why they're my enemy. That's why they're my fucking sworn enemy is that they refuse to allow me to just live peacefully away from them. You know, yeah. like. If they were to allow that, then you just become an ANCOM. You know, it's like, I don't have a fucking problem with an ANCOM if they leave me the fuck alone, you know. But the the progressives are like, uh, no, we're going to rule over everything. And, you know, like, there, there is no freedom to be found. And if you try to escape, we will kill you. And it's just like, okay, well, then you're my enemy. Like, I have to go to war with you at this point. So, I don't know, man. It's, it's, really, it's really intense. I, I honestly, I, I don't know about you, but did you see this shit, like, Getting to a boiling point while we were still young, because like I always Um, assumed we would have some dystopic hellscape at some point in our lives, but I didn't expect it to be fucking when I was in my thirties.
1: Looking back, like looking back now, hindsight's twenty twenty, especially in the context of the Libertarian Party, where I was in twenty sixteen. Like actually going, you know, in an unofficial capacity, was actually uh, the girl I was with at the time was involved in the local party chapter Mm -hmm. uh, in San Diego. Oh, cool. Um, I, actually, I probably saw you at a function. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Um, yeah, like, knowing what I know now, like, there's there's so many things I, I could have fucking warned them about. <laughs> you know, don't, don't fucking... Don't compromise on your litmus test for compatibility, you know? Yeah. Don't have, don't have a fucking I will abide by the NAP fucking... Oath that you have to sign, yeah. like they're, they're like they're like I, I will I will stick to
0: the nap even when you're like inside my asshole. Yeah. <laughs> like there's nothing wrong with fighting off a rapist. Like I yeah. I just
1: that's that's part but of. But that's nap. literally the only context you're allowed to use aggression.
0: <laughs> I know, but it's it's just so it's so surprising to me that that they can't extrapolate that even one iota. You know, I'm not I'm not saying. That if someone, I mean If I wanted to get really radical, I could say that If someone taxes you against your will That's theft and that, you know, you have Any any means to protect yourself From a robber is Justified, you know, I'm not yeah. going I'm not going to the extreme of the extremes Where like, you should be killing tax collectors Wink um, yeah. <laughs> But <laughs> I am saying, if someone tells you You can't leave your house for 10 months You have all right to defend Yourself, mm-hmm. and and i just don't think that's extreme. Am I, have i
1: gone completely crazy? is that no. is that really that extreme? people think that cops and politicians are like some special class of people that they have superpowers, but they're just people like us. like
0: uh, well except they're actually worse than us. but yes, i, I agree. oh well, yeah, yeah, exactly. i mean like <laughs> they are
1: they are homo sapiens. <laughs> and they're just they're just a little better organized, a little better funded, a little better <laughs> trained. yeah. well,
0: i don't know if they're better trained, but uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, I wanted to get into real quick. Is the elf alive? Did he die in the fire?
1: Uh, the elf, unfortunately, is alive. <laughs> um,
0: is it still secret? She's, she's, who the fuck she's very angry.
1: Oh, it's a she. <laughs> it oh. is a she. I'll, I'll give you that. I all think right. that's out on Twitter.
0: Okay. Okay. I didn't know that. Um, all very and- angry
1: because <laughs> Did- uh, I knew that we forgot something. <laughs> Forgot my vape juice and then something else I couldn't remember. And oh, oh Whoops. my god.
0: <laughs> Who who's the creative genius behind the uh the skit you guys did? That news skit. That was fucking funny.
1: <laughs> that that was all that was all burden car. Like okay. I walked in, I walked into that, and they're like, hey, here's what we need you to say. I'm like, all right. <laughs> I like damn. it.
0: <laughs> that that shit was so funny. Uh, and then lastly, what's the best behind the scenes fat cast moment people don't know about?
1: Oh, it's 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 usually like every other episode where it's pre-recording like it's just me car bird and whoever we're we're with like we'll just be talking and we'll say something. Somebody will say something ridiculous. We'll be like fuck like what we, we should have been recording
0: <laughs> so we're, we're going to work the way- on that. Yeah, that's always the way. That's why. That's why when we first got on, I was like, no, nope, I'm hitting record right away, because
1: because
0: <laughs> <Yep. laughs> I, I never know when Aaron's gonna drop a knitters comment. So <laughs> I gotta gotta get it gotta get it live. Um, I'm gonna
1: get car. We're 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 recording tonight, and I'm gonna fucking get car. Again.
0: Hell yeah, hell yeah. Um, all right, man. Well, it's been a blast. I I really yeah. appreciate you coming on. Uh, tell people where they can find you. I know you don't care about having followers, but I'm sure you'll get some.
1: <laughs> oh, thank, thank you so much for having me. Always a pleasure.
0: Absolutely, man. Oh, did I lose you? Nope, right here. Oh, okay. Uh, do you want to give people your social media info?
1: Yeah, so uh, you can find me at TLE Boys Town, boys with a Z. All right. Um, you can you know, subscribe to the FagCast if you haven't already. I imagine we have a lot of overlap in our audience. Oh, yeah. That's oh. why I'm, all, I'm always happy to like hang out with a bird bro, Twitter <laughs> podcaster.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I mean, your your audience is huge at this point. It seems like, or, or am I just like delusional? I,
1: I honestly have no idea what the actual numbers are. I keep hearing they're huge. Like I've I've heard that like us, uh, like Bird and Car when they're when they're really talking business, and I'm like fucking off somewhere. <laughs> um, I overhear that like we we have comparable audience to like so and so's podcast, and I'm like, oh, all right, cool. <laughs> That's so. cool. I just want you. my podcast money. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: I honestly, I've only been listening for like a year. How did you? How did you get involved?
1: So I was, um, I, I was in good with uh, Bird and Car from the beginning. Like we were all in like the same DM rooms. Um, you know, we we had the same like little Twitter click. And um, you know, I was on. I think the second episode released of the FagCast. and then like. A frequent guest, I'd guess you'd say.
0: Right, And then uh,
1: they they approached me like earlier this year, and were like, "Hey, how would you like to, you know, be a co-host?" And I'm like, "Fuck yeah, I would." That's so cool, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna burn that shit to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I you did. did. <laughs> and you did. You succeeded. <laughs>
0: awesome. All right, brother. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I'll uh, I'll catch you in the future.
1: Yep. Thanks again, man.
0: All right. Peace out. How fun was that? Well, we uh really appreciate you coming on, Aaron. Uh, I think that he he provides a really important message that a lot of a lot of the more blue pilled libertarians should and eventually will, in my opinion, get behind out of mere necessity for survival if you If you believe that freedom is a paramount goal, um, ultimately, you need to be willing to do and uh, and sustain you know through some really radical times that I think that whether you like it or not are coming. Um, that's just my belief I, I hope I'm wrong but given the the trajectory of things it is quite bleak and uh, I ultimately I, I maintain optimism because I, I believe that we will see uh, really huge gains via you know cryptocurrencies the blockchain technology um, and then also the fact that so many people bought guns this year <laughs> so anyways uh, thank you guys for tuning in I have three new five-star reviews on iTunes, and I want to give those guys a shout-out. Really appreciate you guys leaving the reviews. Best way to grow the show is to do exactly that. We got at dub underscore three, uh, spelled out, not the number. It says, very passionate insightful, a very common-sense point of view that I align with more times than not. Well, you should align with me all the times, because I'm correct all the times. And we got uh, Rand the Geek says, great show I didn't think there were any great libertarian podcasts out there But this is it you goddamn right At Liberty Life Hap uh, And it's www.LibertyLifeHappiness.com give them, a, give them a follow Give them a check out on the website I really appreciate the support And then we got lastly, the awesome one uh, Want to get mad but also have hope One of my favorite shows out right now Clint is amazing at conveying what's happening to the American people But also inspiring hope Uh... And Oh, if probably with financial and personal freedom And it's at Club Dreamy on Twitter So make sure you follow those three people I really appreciate it Uh, This show continues to grow And that's why I continue to do shows So if you like the show Leave that review, yo And then we can get the flow going Sorry, that was a bad freestyle Love you guys I'll catch you next time We're out Oh, by the way We've got Josh Smith uh, Running for chair of the LP uh, Coming on on Wednesday and then also we've got Brad finally coming on too. So this is a uh, Brad Palumbo. This is a, a big week. We got the the Fatcast crew, Timeline Earth guys, and then we got real LP, and then we got real uh, writers. This is this is a crazy week and a crazy blossoming of this experience, and it's all because of you guys. So thank you as always. See you soon.